Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Welcome in, brother man. How are you? We're coming off of your wedding weekend. How do you feel? Uh, I feel married. It feels all official now. You know, for those of you that don't know, Jay Chima was also the... uh, the officiant of the wedding so he had front row center seats of everything from the vows to you know everything first dance he was he was neck deep in wedding nonsense but no it was it was good the venue was great the loading dock in stanford food was fantastic um the dj was uh, was phenomenal uh, I, th- I believe the dj was like jimmy d entertainment and like the hype man was awesome and had like the live drummer with the saxophone. It was dope. Everyone had a good time. I mean, we are like, what, Jay, 72 hours removed from the wedding, and my legs are still sore from dancing pretty much all night. So mm-hmm. I am uh I'm doing uh I'm doing alright. It's it finally like feels official now because like when you know during COVID, you know, we got married at like the courthouse and we couldn't really like celebrate with anyone, but we were able to celebrate with all of our friends and family and you know, one of the uh, bridesmaids' parents ended up crashing the cocktail hour. So, like, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I had a blast. I, I, I hope you had a blast. And it was it was a fun time all around. Oh, I had a great time, man. It was such a good time to be around, you know, family and friends and just seeing all the people you haven't seen over the years. Um, you know, you guys know a lot of people. A lot of people love you guys. So it was nice to see everybody out there. I'm just having a good time. The venue itself was amazing. I like the fact that there was a little game room back there where we could all kind of hang out instead of just like looking at each other until the the wedding Santa born came around. Mm. Um, But yeah, the venue was great. Stanford itself was fun. We had a great weekend. Um, I'm just hoping you guys have another wedding some point soon that we can do it again. (laughs) Uh, The next thing is, uh, you know, if Tara doesn't shoot me between now and then is like the 10 year, I probably... What do you renew your vows at like the ten year mark? I, you know, we we'll probably end up going to Vegas for that one. And if we do that, so you know, someone from the party's gonna die because that's how we party around here. But um, probably me with the weekend I had. Probably me. You know what I'm saying? Nah, 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 nah. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, Jay. Now, when you renew your vows, do you do you need another officiant or no? I think this time. So Tara originally wanted to get married in Vegas and have Elvis do it, mm-hmm. and this was like pre COVID, and I was like. You know, I would like to have my family there and have mm-hmm. it be like not like traditional, like you know, because I'm the, you know lapsed Catholic. Like mm-hmm. I haven't the only time you'll see me at church is for weddings and funerals. But like I'm not really down with you know an hour and a half, two hour ceremony of getting like you know communion and all that stuff. But like I kind of want to have like a little bit of a traditional thing. Yeah, and, like have our f- friends and family involved, and you know, not everyone was going to afford to go out to Vegas, mm-hmm. so it's like you know. We'll do. We'll renew the vows out in Vegas. So we'll have Elvis do that instead. Look at that. Life's all about compromises. That's why you guys have a successful marriage. It's a compromise. This time we'll do a little bit of a traditional wedding. Next time when you renew the vows, we'll do it in Vegas. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what I heard from you was I need to go find a Elvis impersonation suit in 10 years. Uh, yes. <laughs> and be licensed by the state of Nevada. <laughs> 
Godspeed. Uh, all right, all right. Okay, let's talk about some football. Another great weekend of football, Puma. It was nice to relax with you on Sunday after the wedding, just recovering, sitting down, watching a bunch of crazy games. You know, the 1 o'clock window had, had its, you know, intriguing game. But the 2 o'clock, I'm sorry, the 4 o'clock window had some insane games. You had, obviously, the Raiders-Cardinals game. You had the uh, Ravens-Miami uh, Dolphins game, the Jets-Browns. All of it was amazing. Right off the bat, what was the one game that stuck out, stood out to you the most? Well, call me a homer, but I, I got to mm-hmm. go with the Dolphins, oh, yeah. you know, pretty much throwing themselves back into a game. And, you know, that we're going to get to this in, in the game preview, but, like, that was the big knock on Tua was, like, the arm strength, the consistency. Can he throw you back into a game? And, you know, he threw for six touchdowns. So that was great. I mean, that and, like, the Jets game, to me, kind of saved the 1 o'clock window because the 1 o'clock window was looking kind of blah, mm-hmm. and then, like, the craziness happened. Like, Nick Chubb scores a touchdown when he probably should have just, you know, went down prior to crossing the goal line, milk the clock, game's over, is what it is. Joe Flacco becomes, like, air quote, elite Joe Flacco huh. and leads them on, like, you know, back-to-back touchdown drives to win the game, you know, to uh, look like vintage Alabama and then, like, you know, the 4 o'clock window, I don't know if it's just, like, you know, the Raiders are that bad or, the you know, the Cardinals have finally clicked with, with Kyler Murray. And, you know, I guess the truth is somewhere in between. But, like, you know, for six quarters, Kyler Murray didn't look great, you know, the first six quarters of the season. And then, you know, Shazam, like, the Raiders let them back in. He scrambles around, like, 80 yards for a two-point conversion play. You know, they win in overtime and – you know, it was just a it was just a wild weekend. Not as wild as week one, but we're we're you know like last year, we're continuously building on the craziness that is the bizarre world of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, of course. So let's dive right into it. Um, week three uh, starts off with a bang. The Bills travel down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Both team or both teams are two and zero. And, you know, right off the bat, I was thinking about this quite a bit, Puma. I was even talking to you earlier. I wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins covered. And, you know, maybe if they get lucky, they might win this game. But, right, I mean, off the bat, off the cuff, I have to go with the Bills. Just because they look so damn dominant, man. They look they look effortlessly good. And that's, an, that's a tough place to be at when you're trying to defend against these guys. And, you know, we saw these tweets last night from a couple of Boston guys that these guys remind me of the 07 Patriots. This current Buffalo Bills team has that 07 Patriots vibe where, like, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. It doesn't matter how you're trying to slow them down. Both on offense and on defense, they're trying to dominate. And Vaughn Miller said this last night. Like, they are not just trying to win games. They're trying to dominate and impose their will on people, right? Um, Josh Allen, right now for me, is the MVP through two weeks. He's playing out of his mind, like... The fact that they've been 20 straight opponents by double digits, it's it's absolutely insane to me. Um, everywhere you look, you know, they have talent. Stephon Diggs, last time I was watching him, it just clicked for me that, you know, yeah, Tyreek Hill is a burner. He has, like, one or two moves. But, like, Diggs, man, he can run all the routes. He can run the in-cuts, the out-cuts. He can run the comebacks. He can run the pose, the shallows, all of it. He does it at an elite level, and, and he's part of the reason why that offense is so great. Now, the only concern I really have from the Bills' standpoint is the Gabe Davis aspect. Um, he didn't play last night. Looks like he hurt his ankle in uh, in practice. Um, if he's healthy, then I, have a, I, I believe the Bills are going to win that. Um, but if he's not, and you have the humidity kicking in, you have some of the heat, you're traveling down to Miami. I, I think I can see the the Dolphins mix it up and kind of keep this close, maybe win the game depending on what offense shows up. I mean, this is the game of the week. And, Jay, prior to recording, 
you know, I was going to go with logic here. And, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, but, like, logic says it's the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. And right now the spread is five and a half. Like, the, you know, prior to the, you know, the the Bills-Titans game yesterday, depending on what book you were looking at, it was between four and a half, and then it went down to four during the game. And then once the Bills, you know, absolutely finished destroying Tennessee, they they moved the line to five and a half. Uh, but... You know, I'm going to throw logic out the window here, Jay. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, not just to cover, but I think they squeak out a win in Miami. They go 3-0, and and they lead the AFC East uh, wow. <clears throat> going out of this week. And the reason why I say that, and you're right, Gabe, the Gabe Davis injury front is big news for the offense. But the defensive side of the football, we saw it last night. They were starting to lose some bodies out there. I mean, Dane Jackson, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed he's not in a wheelchair right now. Mm-hmm. If you didn't see the hit, it's I scary. mean, it, it was friendly fire. You know, Tremaine Edmonds and, and him, they were going after the same guy. Tremaine was trying to tackle him. He missed, and he pretty much hit Jackson square in the in the in the head, and like his neck almost went back ninety degrees. You know, he went back to the, to the hospital yesterday, had movement in his extremities, and there were reports this morning that he pretty much walked himself out of the hospital today. So he's gonna miss. You now have two rookies at cornerback going against you know Waddle, Gasecki, Tyree Kill. And, you know, maybe they'll get a little bit of the run game involved with Raheem Mostert or Chase Edmonds and like a screen type of thing. But I think this is probably like the first offense that is like legit in a sense that the Buffalo Bills have faced because we saw the Tennessee Titans last night. They're not it. And the the L.A. Rams, their one true, you know, air quote burner was Van Jefferson and he missed week one. So they're really, I think they're going to have their hands full a bit. Um, you have Mike McDaniel calling a great offensive game. Uh, you know, I, I know it's early and it's going to be overreaction or hyperbolic here, but I, I think it's fair to say that Mike McDaniel is probably one of the better minds offensively in the NFL right now. I think they're going to come up with different ways to scheme these guys open. The only thing that worries me is Leslie Frazier is one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. And I think he's going to throw the kitchen sink at Tua. And in the, you know, the Tua, you know, redemption game, I'm going to call it, against the Ravens on Sunday, he looked like vintage Tua in Alabama. We were watching that game, and I, I said that on right after the Tyreek Hill bomb uh, down the sideline, where this looked like vintage Tua in Alabama. This is going to be the first, like, the big test for the Miami Dolphins this year. But I think they're going to squeak it out. Humidity is going to play a factor. And I just, I, 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 the secondary gives me pause, especially with Matt Milano also leaving the game last night with the stinger and a couple other people like that. There were body stacking. So give me the, give me the dolphins getting the five and a half points. I think they're going to win. I might actually sprinkle a little bit on the money line right now. Dolphins are plus plus one ninety. I don't know. A 54 for the over under seems about right. So I might take the under in this game, but that's just a lean at this point. So uh, right. So let me ask you this, and I know this is way too early because it's week two, but you know it's always fun to look at the MVP race, and you know we all agree that I think Josh Allen's probably going to be you know lead in that clubhouse just because he's been consistent for two straight weeks now. Any chance Tua is in that conversation after two weeks? Because I mean, after two weeks, if he's leading the NFL in touchdowns and yardage, I mean, who the hell would have thought that was going to happen? So his odds did move after the Ravens game. Um, I think they're like 18 to one now, depending on what book you're looking at. Um, but 
he's a dark horse candidate for sure. I just think the narrative is so mm -hmm. so out there. Yeah. And listen, you know, full disclosure, I'm not gonna hide from it. I am not the biggest Tua fan. You can you can ask anybody that listens to the pod. You can ask Jay. Uh, you can ask previous people that have worked on the pod. I am not the biggest Tua guy, but he is start. He is winning me over. And on the on that comeback against the Ravens, that that kind of solidified it. Of all right. He's done something that Dan Marino that no one's done since Dan Marino. So I'm, well, I'm going to start buying the Tua stock here, and I think Mike McDaniel. It helps when you have a coaching mm -hmm, staff that actually believes in you. Yeah. Well, listen, I've said this from day one, and I remember before this draft that the Miami Dolphins took Tua. I was high on Tua. Do you remember that? And mm -hmm. you weren't because obviously you didn't watch much college football at that time. But who I saw at Alabama, the Tua that I saw there did some things that I haven't seen uh, another quarterback do in, in college football. Like, I mean, I've seen the greats like Vince Young and, and Tim Tebow do it, but what he did coming into big-time moments, throwing big bombs down the field was, was unreal to me. And the fact that he was able to navigate his way in the NFL for the first couple of years with such turmoil around him with such negativity around him and always keep a happy like upbeat positive vibe about him tells me a lot about his character so i'm really happy for him right now that he's actually coming through rewarding the miami dolphins and mike mcdaniels in the faith they have in him and the question i want to ask you before we move on is so you've seen the dolphins obviously your whole life you watched them they've been kind of abysmal the last few years but what's something that you can point to that really you're like, aha, I haven't seen that before. That's what they're doing different this year. Is it simply the scheming of Mike McDaniels? Is the defense is playing better? What's the one thing that stands out to you about the Dolphins this year? The the, the scheming, because, mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't really had an offensive mind, you know, with this team. I mean, God, Jay, like, do I damn, do I dare say, like, you know, this is Don Shula? Like, I, I, I don't know what else there is. I mean, I've never seen... You know, someone actually want to go out there and get and get space. I mean, I guess you can point a finger to Tony Sperano. You know, God rest with you know he brought in the Wildcat uh, to the NFL with uh, you know Ricky Williams and uh, and uh, I'm spacing the other guy's name right now, uh, uh, Ronnie Brown. But I mean, I haven't seen anything like this. So that is where I have like hope because the Dolphins, like for the most part, since I've watched them, they've always had a good defense. Whether it was with you know, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, uh, you know, Christian Wilkins here. You got Zavin Howard. Like, there's always been, like, a decent defense. Uh, but I've never seen an offense clicking like this. So that is where I can point the finger. And that's why I said it last week. And I've said it in the offseason, too. My bar for this Dolphins team is a wild card spot. Like, anything less than that, in my opinion, is going to be a failed season. Man, you put expectations on your team, dog. I mean, you see, and I know it's draft picks, and I'm kind of in the camp at this point of, you know, F them draft picks, but you go out, you get Tyree Kill, you sign him to a big contract, you draft Jalen Waddell to be a burner, Mike Kosicki's not the proto prototypical tight end to an extent, and you have a decent defense that can keep you in a game, yeah, you should have expectations of this team being a wild card team. Yeah, I can't wait for that game. 1 p.m. Sunday. You able to watch it at work? Or I'm off. Go? I'm just trying Ooh, to figure out like, let's go. do I want to like, you know, roll the dice? And because I where I live in Connecticut, I'm like right on the border of this is either going to be like a Pats game or it's going to be like the New York City market. Do I want to roll the dice and hope they put the Bills, Dolphins in the one o'clock national slate, 
or maybe take a ride to Foxwoods to watch it at the sports park. So you'll know, you can know, you can find out tomorrow. Have you heard of a website called Five Five Hundred Six Sports? I'll actually send it to you tomorrow when it's published. But around uh, like noon on Wednesdays, Five Hundred Six Sports publishes all the games being aired in your market. So you'll know tomorrow if you gotta go out to Foxwoods or not. Sick. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we're looking forward to that game. Let's move on to the one and one Baltimore Ravens taking on the one and one New England Patriots. Um, off the right the bat, I'm leaning Ravens here just because I know they're gonna be pissed off after the loss they had against the Dolphins, and I'm not very confident in my Patriots. The Patriots are coming off of a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, a very ugly, uh, uninspiring game uh, to watch. Uh, 17-14 was the final score. Um, the Patriots won barely just because. They were playing a pretty bad quarterback in Mr. Trubisky. Like, I have my problems with Mac Jones, but my God, he looks like a completely, like, you know, next level up upgrade to what Mr. Trubisky is at the moment. Um, and it was just one of those games where, from the Patriots' side, the Patriots' defense was probably the highlight for me out of that game. Um, so far, they're playing uh, pretty good up front. They're, they're stuffing the run with, uh, with just the four instead of bringing the, uh, the safety in the box. Uh, Dietrich Wise has taken a, ne- a big step forward in year six, so I'm happy about that. Um, but on the offensive side, I'm a little concerned just because I, I think Mac Jones has regressed a little bit. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before, Puma. You know, he has he's not really seeing the field as clearly as he should be, and he's not confident with his throws. Um, we heard a lot this offseason about how he has better arm talent. He went out there to work out, worked out with Tom House. He's put on some muscle. We've seen quite a bit of offseason propaganda that would suggest that he was going to have a, a, a step up this year. Um, but he doesn't look like he's taking any step. He's moving back backwards, in my opinion. And, and the one thing I need to stress again this week, because I stressed it last week, the offense and coaching staff was not the problem this week. Yes, like I said, they weren't perfect. But for 90% of the play calls they, they sent in, they were okay. They had people wide open. It's just a Max Squirrely. It's on his shoulders because he's not seeing the field clear enough. He's he's very quick to get the ball out of his hand. Maybe he's getting hurried up because he thinks his offensive line isn't there. But the O-line played well. The offensive coaching staff was fine. Whether it's Patricia, Bill Belichick, or Joe Judge, whoever you believe is calling the plays. All those guys got people open, but he just was not seeing the field clear enough. No, exactly. And I mean, we were talking about this offline and how we were kind of talking about during the game. Like he was not letting the play develop. I mean, there were shots down the field, whether it was to, you know, Johnny Smith off a of play action or what was it? Little, little, little something. Jordan, Brown. Little Jordan Humphrey was wide open on that one play you're talking about. Like little Jordan Humphrey, you know, maybe it's because he's got PTSD from how this offensive line looked in training camp. But I mean, Jay, he had happy feet back there, well, and I know, and I know he was under pressure, uh-huh. but he wasn't blitzed a whole lot. But like, I mean, Jay, it, it, we can all mock the Cole Strange pick, but like, Cole Strange was not the problem well, on the Sunday. Off- well, I said this right now: the offensive line was not the problem. The coaching staff wasn't a problem. This is squarely on Mac Jones' inability to play quarterback at a high level in the NFL. That is causing the that is causing the reason why the Patriots scoring twelve points per game. Like right now, they average twelve points a game in two weeks. I know it's early, but that's horrendous for an NFL offense, right? And and the one play, remember the Minka Fitzpatrick interception, Puma? Mm-hmm. I was shocked that he got. He got tricked on that play. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't get tricked by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, but we always hear about the intangibles of Mac Jones, how he's so smart and cerebral. It's shocking to me that he couldn't understand that pre-snap, it was a single high safety look, right? 
and mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick was further down in, near the <coughs> box. But as the play was about to develop and as it was snapped, Minka went back into coverage and it became two cover two. And he threw it directly into cover two. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can't be that stupid to not to not realize that Minka's going to drop back in a situation, in a passing down situation, and it's going to be cover two. So, like, on top of that, you're throwing it to a freaking tight end down there. Like, how are you going to... Like, you're putting your, your guy in a bad position. The matchup isn't there for you. So, I, I just am stunned that, you know, we know his physical limits are going to prohibit the Patriots offense from doing explosive things. However, we were sold a bill of goods that his intangibles were going to be so great, they would mitigate those deficiencies. Jay, it's not even that. He could have ended the day with two picks. Oh, that, like, that, oh he threw, my God. He, oh. The second one was on a bow. The oh guy had stone hands. He mm. threw it right at him. I, for, I forget the, the quarterback's name, but, I mean, he hit him right in the numbers, and the guy just dropped it. And, like, yeah, he had that one touchdown pass to Aguilar. No, that's underthrown Okay, ball. fine. Underthrown but, like, ball it was underthrown, and, and, like, the helmet helped out. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can watch the replay. It hit the Steelers guy, the guy, right in the helmet, and then bounced right into Aguilar's hands. But, I mean, it is what it is. They squeaked out a W. They didn't cover the spread, though. It ended as a push. But, I mean, from, from a betting perspective aside, because I'm the degenerate of the thing, like, to get to the X's and O's, Jay, like you said, the Ravens are going to come out. They're pissed. They just dropped. They, they blew up like a massive lead against the Dolphins. I know their secondary is banged up. So, like, you know, maybe there is going to be opportunities down the field for Matt Jones. But, like, I just I don't have confidence in him being able to push the ball downfield. And it's Lamar Jackson on the other side. Yeah, Bill Belichick is probably going to throw cover zero at him because he saw what Brian Flores did to him last year on Thursday Night Football down in Miami. But it's still Lamar Jackson. He, you know, I know it was week one. It wasn't the strongest of an opponent. Uh, but, I mean, he was pushing the ball effectively downfield on big chunk plays against the New York Jets. And, I, I you know, the secondary aside, I, I still have PTSD of the human gas can known as Jalen Mills, like Rashard Bitt. Uh, Rashad Bateman's come into form, and and uh, you know uh, Duvernay's come into form. Even though I think Duvernay may have gotten dinged up in that game against the Dolphins, but I'm going to lay the three points here against the Ravens. Uh, the 43. I'm not going to touch the over under. It's 43 and a half right now. Um, I'm not going to touch that, but I'll definitely lay the three points with Baltimore on the road in Foxborough. And I, I kind of want to see what happens because Jay. You know, you're, you're plugged into the local market. And for those of you listening, I promise we're going to move to another game. But I just have to pick Jay's brain here. You're plugged into the local market. You listen to EEI. You listen to 98.5. Is it me or is, like, the tide starting to it's turn, turning. It's turning. On, on not just Bill, but, like, maybe Mac Jones mm-hmm. himself? Well, I mean, it's... It's not even the tide turning because that has like this like negative connotation of like you're imposing your your beliefs in something that isn't real. What the reporters are saying is strictly accurate of what we're all seeing on the field. Like we we as Patriots fans for so long were used to just like elite quarterback play, and I think we're smart enough to see, hey man, this guy is not it, and he's not progressing. Like we thought by week, this is week two. We thought he'd take a step forward by now. We'd see some hints of it. We're now we're seeing steps of him going backwards, right? And it's so it just sucks so bad to watch a Josh Allen like last night on Monday Night Football where he just like he's rolling backwards, he flicks his wrist, and it's fifty yards down the field. 
The problem Mac is he needs everything perfect for him to make a big play. He needs to have good protection. He needs to have the perfect play call. He needs to have his wide receivers get wide open with at least three yards of separation. And he's got to have a base and a platform to throw off of. The second he gets off his platform and his shoulders dip, it's over. He has no mustard on the ball and the ball is usually going to be intercepted. Both interceptions that I'm actually, I'm going to count that one that the Pittsburgh defender dropped as a third one. All three interceptions he had this year came off of the fact that he was slightly off his platform. Not even a lot. Not running out of the not not running out of the pocket and like he's thrown off his like back foot. He's just a little, you know, discomforted. He's moving a little to the right, moving a little to the left and try to throw downfield. And when that happens, it's 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 basically lights over for him, you know? And my question is, if we need everything to be perfect, everything to be perfect, then he's not it. You feel me? Like that that's mm-hmm. the difference between a good quarterback in the NFL and a so-so to below average quarterback in the NFL is the fact that you can do more with less and this guy needs every single thing to go his freaking way for him to succeed. So, Mac Jones, not the guy. I mean, Puma, you know me from day one. I've said he's not the guy and I was deemed a hater and I and I gave him his due. I tried to give him some time. I'm not seeing it. Like what else more like He's not gonna become. If he doesn't, if he doesn't improve this year, he never will. Because mm. there's never been a guy that's gone past year two without, like you know, showing massive improvement. Even Josh Allen in the middle of year two was showing massive improvements. You know what I'm saying? Sure, mm. he had that game against the Texans in the playoffs, but at that point, he were like, all right, well, he's much better than he was was year one. But right now, we're at year two, and it's the beginning, and it's early. But he's, he does not look good at all. Like, I, Can you think of one signature game that Mac Jones had in the NFL so far? I can't think of any. Like uh, I, the Pro Bowl where he did the gritty. Oh, my God. That, that, he, no, he... he, he <laughs> no, there's, there's not, there has not been a game where he had to throw the team back into a game, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we talked about last week, where if you know the chips are down, is Mac Jones going to be the guy in the foxhole that is going to throw you back into a game? And I think if you polled maybe 10 people in New England, yeah, you're going to have like the knuckleheads that are drinking the Kool-Aid. But, you know, I think you'd probably get seven that would, you know, logically say, no, he is not going to throw us back into a game. Yeah, so so what we've discovered today is that he's not going to take that year two Joe Burrow-esque jump, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. All right, on the interest of uh, moving on and trying to save his podcast, let's move on to the next game. Um, probably one of the marquee canes of the, of the weekend. I'm trying to watch this myself. I'm trying to sit down and enjoy this. We've got the, uh, one and one Packers traveling down to Tampa Bay to play the two and oh Buccaneers. Um, right off the bat, I think I'm leaning Buccaneers <coughs> here just because call me a Brady Homer. You know, I, I've got faith in that guy besides him looking distracted and off his game right now. I think they're going to be able to win this game. Um, they just signed Cole Beasley today just because their wide receiver room is a complete mess. Um, Julio Jones is hurt, which you called, by the way, so congrats on that. Mm-hmm. Godwin's hamstring is uh, is banged up. He's going to be out for a while. Mike Evans is suspended for decleating Marshawn Lattimore. Um, what else? What else? What else? I mean, they've got like Brashard Perryman and Scotty Miller as like the main guy. So they have to go out there and get some help. And Cole Beasley is probably going to provide them with a little bit of support. Now, I don't know how much Cole Beasley has left in the tank. Um, I think he was fine last year in the playoff run, wasn't he? I mean, I think he made some decent plays. Yeah, he was fine. I think, like, honestly, the the I guess the big knock is obviously, like, his Twitter feed last mm-hmm. year. But, I mean, besides that, like, the year before, he gutted out, like, a, a, a fractured ankle in a playoff game. But, I mean, you know, he, he was dynamite for the Bills during his tenure down there and even during the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you could probably still point – 
to the Cowboys offense and be like, man, they could really use Cole Beasley right now. And he hasn't been on that team in, I don't know, Jay, damn near three and a half, four years now. So I, I think you still have some, some miles left on the tires here. There's still some tread there, but you know, obviously like they, they had to get some bodies in that wide receiver room for, for Tampa Bay. I, I like that Cole Beasley signing. Yeah, and one of the main reasons why the Buccaneers are 2-0 is because their defense is balling out right now. Um, I think their defense, which took a massive step back last year, is playing at a decent enough level. Uh, sure, the competition so far, you know, I get it, it was the Cowboys and the Saints, but I think they structurally look more sound. They're not missing gaps. They're not playing very wild and aggressive like they have in the past. So I like what I've seen that defense so far. I want to see how they fare against the Packers this week. I think they're going to cause a couple turnovers for... For Aaron Rodgers, I know last time Aaron Rodgers was in Tampa Bay, he got all hot and mighty about it with his... Uh, remember he went up early, 10-0, 14-0, did the uh, the dance in the end zone, and ever since then, it was just basically an onslaught. So, I want to see how he responds. I know he's going to want to try to come out and be Aaron Rodgers and try to show out, um, but I think I'm going to lean with the pa- with the Buccaneers here. I'm going to go with the Packers here. I, you know, right now the spread's at two. Uh, they're, they're going on the road into Tampa. <clears throat> but, I, Jay, like... Tom, I know it's Tom. I know it's Tom, and I'm probably going to regret saying this. But Stop like, it. Don't say it. Jay, he Don't doesn't look it. good. He doesn't look well, good. He like, doesn't look good. What do you mean by good? His Because play, he looks or? like, Jay, The the. I mean, yeah, the, the defense bailed him out against the Saints. But, I mean, he wasn't lighting up the stat sheet. Leonard Fournette was doing some stuff on the ground. But, like, you can't deny the fact that the the off the field distractions he's missed eleven games uh, you know eleven days per se in training camp it's a new coaching staff per se with Todd Bowles bringing you know football back to the early two thousands running the ball a shit ton now because Tom got Tom got old and oh, he just he doesn't it. and no. Jay he looks emaciated man like something well, there is something more well, that, going that's, on that's two different things you said two different things there he looks old Jay he looks old he looks frail he looks like he just got out of a camp like he's a, he's like a POW in World War II bridge on the river Kwai. like you know again I'm go- probably going to regret saying this in like f- you know 4 weeks here but he just I'm going to make the, those words there is nothing You've, inspiring about this offense here and there's so much off the field distractions going on in his personal life that everyone wants to downplay but i know my people here and whatever if giselle is feeling a certain type of way and that is trickling into his you know his actual on the field performance in my opinion and you know maybe this is the last dance for tom but it, i'm just i'm gonna take green bay here I know they're going to build a lot on the run of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and that's like the one stout thing on the defense for Tampa Bay is, you know, the front four that can stop the run. But I think they're going to figure out ways to get Aaron Jones in space. They're going to get these guys both on the field at the same time. Um, Alan Lazard has been banged up. I, you know, unfortunately, like Rogers is going to have to deal with it. Maybe he can take some ayahuasca before the game, but he is going to have to lean on Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dobbs. But I mean, give me, give me the Packers squeaking out a win here. And I, I don't know, man. Again, eh, good, good luck, Tom. That's well, here's my say. thing. Here's my thing. When, when you've watched him against the Cowboys and ripped that ball to Julio Jones for like 45 yards on the, on the, on the dot. And then last week when he had that 
throw to uh, Rashard Perryman for a touchdown. Did you see any slippage in his arm? Like, do you? I didn't what, see any slippage, well, Jay, but, but, but that was key, it. Though. But that's the key. But, yeah, Jay, the one moment, everything else, he's barking at the, he's barking at everybody, which is fine. Whatever, it's your prerogative. Yeah. That's but I mean that game. The Dallas game wasn't going his way. Mm-hmm. The 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 uh, the Saints game wasn't going his way up until that bomb, and then getting Jameis Winston reverted to Weymouth Winston and was just giving out pick sixes or, or you know interceptions to change the tide of the game. Up until that point, yeah, Jay, there's still zip on the arm. Well, well but that's he the whole does thing. Not... Of course, of course. Well, listen, I'm not saying that like he's not distracted. Like, yes, his numbers are off his usual pace, and on top of that. He has a short fuse with everybody. Like, he is... I've seen years... But whose fault is that, Jay? Whose fault is that? He missed 11... You're the guy that's been saying, why can't Giselle just let him do what he loves and go to football? Giselle's got to go away, dude. But why is that? Giselle's got to go away. He went out of his way and was like, I'm going to try to save my marriage and do the vacation. So, like, he, he's already putting the – fine. Like, listen, I'm a family guy, too. I would be putting the family ahead of the sport as well, too. But if that's the case and you're Mr. TB12 and I got to play till 45 and nothing comes between me and the game, then you might as well have just stayed retired. Well, it's – He done got old. He didn't, though. That's what everybody's like – that's what everybody's missing. It's not the fact that he's old. It's the fact that everything else around him is going to shit. His, his marriage is going to shit. It's on his mind. His offensive line looks like shit. He has the wide receivers. Dude, he's throwing to Bashar Perryman, Scotty Miller, and Cole Beasy this week. Like, let's not pretend like he has Julio, Godwin, and Mike Evans out there. Like, that's what the people are starting to miss here is, like, there's a lot around him that is also going to shit. And it's not just him that's going to shit. You feel me? Well, maybe the, he should have given Mike uh, Mike Evans uh, some avocado ice cream before kickoff. Be like, hey, don't do anything stupid to get suspended. <laughs> but like, you know, he doesn't look healthy. He looks oh, like he eating. lost. Oh, yeah, he's he looks like eating. he lost thirty fucking pounds. Yeah, yeah. He's forty five yeah. years old. Yeah, and you know this front four for Green Bay can get after it mm-hmm. too. I, I mean, mean I, I'm not denying all that. I, it looks like he's not resting peacefully. You feel me? Like it looks like he's the guy that prioritizes sleep because obviously that's key for any professional athlete. He has bag under his eyes. He looks like he's not eating at all. Like I get all of that. That's fine. But when it comes to it, and he has that extra millisecond from the offensive line, and Julio Jones can get open and is healthy, and Mike Evans is on the field, he looks the same old Brady to me. It's just about putting it all together, and I promise you, we're going to have this conversation again because I'm going to make you eat those freaking words, Puma, in about four, I mean, in about four or five weeks when the offense gels some more and all those wide receivers come back, we're going to have this conversation again, Puma. We will, okay? Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that the, the under, I just still think the under 11 and a half wins for Tampa Bay is looking pretty good, and I, I don't know, man. I mean, if the Saints can get their shit together, and you, I, who knows, dude? Like, this might be a wild card Listen, team on I the bubble. Be, I would be the first guy to be like, all right, he's got to hang it up. I see some slippage. And I and I, I think for the most part, yeah, when I was younger, Puma, I would just blindly have faith. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah, Brady's awesome. Let's go, go, go. I think I've gone to a point now where I can somewhat be analytical and critical. If I saw any slippage, like, I would be like, yeah, all right, it's over. I mean, he, he's slipping. His marriage is in shambles. He can't throw the ball anymore. Just go ahead and go home. But I don't see that. Like, I see in four or five weeks when all the shit's healthy and he's finally left Giselle and that weights off his mind. He is not. He is not. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Time out. Full stop. He's not leaving that. Why not? He is not. He is not leaving that. He's Tom Brady, bro. He can do better. He's not. Oh, please. He is not leaving that. <laughs> Believe that. 
uh-uh no way but it seems like it that. seems like she's such a rub on his life though like do you ever hear about uh give me a random here's the thing though jay here's the thing here's the thing you know what you brought up at the top about compromise right he probably said i'm gonna play till this time period i'm going to retire and then you can do whatever the hell it is you want to do he was retired 40 days. That's like an it that is a Z-Pack antibiotic cycle. Probably brought the kids to one, you know, carpool lane at the school and was like, <laughs> F this, I'm out. And now Giselle had all these plans of all right, I'm gonna get back into modeling. It's my time. And Tom just torpedoed my plans yet again. Oh, she uh-uh. No, 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 no. So no. so you want you want him to give up his passion, his love, just because Jay, Giselle doesn't like Jay, it? I think he's ready to give it up. I, I think, think so. he's ready to give it I, up. No, 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 no. If he was ready to give it up, Puma, he wouldn't have come back. He knew full and well that he, him coming back was probably going to set her off and it's going to be a shitstorm. He probably knew that. Let's not pretend like he's dumb here, okay? But he don't but care anymore. You, he's, he he's don't a, care anymore. Yeah, but Jay, he's a vengeful guy, right? And that, this was kind of like the tinfoil hat theory in a lot of people. Let's just humor me here for a minute. Let's say the tinfoil hat people are right. And he wanted to announce his retirement during the last episode of Man in the Arena. And ESPN torpedoed that. You think he ain't spiteful enough to be like, yeah, F that. I'm going to come back just to prove Adam Schefter wrong. I mean, he ain't spiteful I, like that. I mean, is. Is that worth? Is Adam Schefter blowing up your retirement worth you losing your wife over? I mean, I don't know, man. He's still holding on about that mf or that yeah, this team didn't want right. to move on from. You're right. Yeah, you're right. He does have a he does have a vengeful side. You're right about that. I mean, listen. But here's my thing, though, Puma. Like, and listen, this is coming from the guy that's never been married, right? So maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. But if there's there's so many other wives out there, like we don't hear about Matthew. <laughs> Scott. We don't hear. <laughs> Tara, where I when I need her, We're, bring her in. But you never hear about Matthew Stafford's wife complaining and this and that. You never hear about uh, God Ryan Tannehill's wife or whoever it is. Why do we keep hearing about Giselle? Like, what is this? And now, you know, I tweeted a story about how he would leave the house at seven o'clock in the morning when the game was at one o'clock just so he can get away from her and go sit in the stadium by himself. Like. At some point, we, we can't just be like, yo, Brady's a bad guy here. It's a 50-50 proposition in a marriage, all right? So let's give some blame to Listen, Giselle as well. I know I know my people. I know, again, I know so, my so you people. Know, so you know they're freaking crazy, right? So the I know they're defender. crazy, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He probably said some stuff behind closed doors that sounded like guarantees to Giselle. And in Giselle's mind, he has reneged on those. And hell hath no fury... Like a psychotic Brazilian woman. All I'm saying is, I don't Mm-mm. think I don't think Tom Brady ever went to Giselle and was like, "Listen, baby." At oh, 40, please. At 45, you got to hang it up with your modern career. I don't think he ever did that. Okay. Well, she's also not getting you know tackled by Minka, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. Or oh, stop Michael it! Parsons. No, no, no. Let's not pretend like Giselle cares yeah. about his health. Let's not pretend like Giselle cares about his health. This is a power trip on Giselle's part. Giselle simply wants to impose her dominance on the greatest football athlete of all Here time. Simple oh, as that, okay? Jay, I can't wait for the day you get married. I can't wait. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing, though. I can't. I can't compromise, okay? I cannot, all right? Oh, God. All I'm saying is this is... This is gonna come across very man. This is gonna come across very woman, Haiti. Okay, and, and yeah, it's not. It's not that. Al okay? Bundy here. All right, it's no man. Listen, it's not that. All I'm saying is, I get it. 
Tom Brady probably made some guarantees and said, I'm going to walk away at this point in time in my life. But people change. Things change. He had no idea at 45, he can still sling the ball with the best of them. So why not keep doing something you love? Like I so thought, then I, why retire for 40 days? I think that was different. I think that was a whole ploy to go to Miami. That There was a lot there with Miami and all that bullshit. I still think to this day he wants to play 45. Like, and, and it seems like Giselle's on board with that. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe she didn't get the memo that he was cooking up some devious plan in the background to go to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, But all- even, even if he did retire with the guise of going to Miami, he was still under contract with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay would have to trade his rights yeah. To, to the Dolphins. They're not going to fucking do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, all I'm saying, Puma, is that I think Giselle needs to lighten up a little bit, okay? I th- it's, I think one of two, it's one of two things, Jay. Mm-hmm. It's one of two things. It's either he had that much spite for Adam Schefter, or he couldn't stand Bruce Arians that much that he wanted out. It's probably the second one. It's probably the Bruce Arians part. It really is, you know what I'm saying? And, like, the whole... All right, this is the last thing we say about the whole Giselle Tom Brady thing, okay? Because, like, I just... I just can't get over the fact that she would willingly take away something from him that he loves. I cannot wrap that around my mind. And I, and I get compromises. I get that, okay, well, compromises are, in my mind, and I'm sorry, correct me because I'm not married here, okay? Compromises are, I don't want to watch the show tonight, honey. She says, I don't want to watch the show tonight, but somehow you all watch the same show that she wanted to watch, all right? That's part of compromise. Not giving up something you've loved since you were eight years old. That's not compromise. That's destroying your will. You feel me, dog? Compromise is like, all right, well, you take out the trash. Uh, this is your duties. We're not listening to this music anymore because I freaking hate it, so you compromise. Not giving up what you love since you're eight years old, bro. Do I have that wrong? Am I, am I tripping here for saying that? I mean, comparing, uh, you know, this to pretty much, hey, we're going to watch Seinfeld tonight. It might be a little bit of a bridge too far, but <laughs> might be a little bit of a bridge too far. He's, Anywho! All right, let's, let's, all right, enough with the, the relationship talk here. You've got, you know what you got to do? You got to have Tara listen to the segment and give us her feedback, okay? Yeah, oh, okay. I would love to know what she what she thought about, and I want to see what she says, you know, because we're two guys. We don't have a female perspective here, right? I mean, we could probably ask one of her friends for the perspective, but it's okay. Right. Uh, 49ers Broncos. 49ers Broncos, turning out football. Uh, I'm going to let you lead on this. Where are you leading, brother? I'm going with the 49ers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going, uh, they're traveling a mile high. It's the, uh, what is this? This is Sunday Night Football, 820 kickoff. Point spread is, uh, it was originally a pick after the Trey Lance injury, but a lot of money started coming in. Uh, moving the line, and the 49ers are now a point-and-a-half favorite. The over-under is 45. I'm going with the 49ers here just because, Jay, as much as you hate this guy, as much as how I you hate Giselle taking taking uh, your pride and joy away from Don't you. take him away from us, but, Giselle. Give us five more years. Dump but, Giselle and give us five more years, Brady. But your boy, Jimmy Garoppolo's back in the fold because of a really nasty, you know, yeah, ankle injury to Trey Lance. To, to Trey Lance. Uh, he just can't seem to be getting it going. Uh, you know, he fractured his ankle. It looked, it looked pretty bad. I'm not saying it's like Alex Smith level, but he did have to get surgery. He's going to be out till next season. But, you know, the offense did seem to click a bit more with Jimmy Garoppolo and you know with that being said they don't have to kind of water down the offense like Jimmy Garoppolo knows the offense and I think George Kittle's going to be back in this game so that's just going to add another wrinkle to this whole thing um so I, I I like the 49ers in this spot and listen no disrespect 
to, you know, head coaches in the NFL. It's a, it's a hard goddamn job to get to, to being a head coach in the NFL. I mean, hell, Vic Fangio finally got his bite at the apple, you know, after being a coordinator for damn near 30 years in the NFL. But, dude, Nathaniel Hackett, I'm yeah. not calling for his job, yeah. but, like, he he does not have it, dude. Like, I, yep. I, I don't know if he has to, like, maybe, you know, maybe the Broncos or Peyton Manning. I, I know Elway's not involved per se anymore, but, like, does the Daniel Hackett need to like have a sit down with Mike Shanahan on like the ins and outs of like game management? Because there was a point in that Broncos Texas game, which by all accounts, the Broncos should have rolled, mm-hmm. rolled with a capital R, the Houston Texans. The Texans kept it close. They were a 10 point dog. They covered the spread. Um, it got to the point where the fans at mile high mm-hmm. were yelling out the countdown on the plate clock because they were tired of the delay of game penalties that carried over from week one against Seattle to week two against the Houston Texans. There, there, there seems to be a funk going on. I don't know if there's just like too much information input from Nathaniel Hackett to Russell Wilson. I, I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is just pissing down his leg. He's not really an athlete. But like it, it's not, it's not clicking, and it, they need to right the ship fast because that Mile High Stadium was booing that entire offensive performance. And you know, thank God, like you know, the defense is what it is. And it, again, it's the Houston Texans. But Jay, any other team like that could have gotten out of hand. And you know, the the Broncos are moving the ball, but they're not putting any points on the well, board. And the red zone is the goddamn mm-hmm. moon to this team. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. That's what I want to uh, start on. And uh, before I say that, I want to say one thing, okay? Broncos country. Let's die. <laughs> Let's die. <laughs> so you're right about Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, pretty shaky start for him as a new head coach. Two really bad performances. Looks like he's lost out there. Time clock management plays all of it. I mean... It's okay if you can't work the clock. It's okay if you're not really good with clock management in the NFL as a head coach because we've seen teams in the past and head coaches in the past have this issue, right? Andy Reid being the big one, right? But Andy Reid at least still had to fall back on a great offense that was clicking on all cylinders. This dude can't manage the clock, and on top of that, his offense, and you know it looks like crap. Uh, the fact that he's an offensive coordinator, and it looks like Russell Wilson and those wide receivers don't really aren't on the same page. The red zone is an absolute abysmal mess. The spacing on the routes is horrific in the in the red zone. So there, there's a lot to not like about this team, and and I do think this is a little bit of a must win for the Broncos because with the 49ers, we know somehow one way or another, depending on you know how much they lose or win, they'll still be in it somewhere at the end. I think this Broncos team, with how young they are, with how frail they are at the moment, and the fact that they're questioning their own head coach because he's questioning himself in the uh, in the press conferences, I think this is a little bit of a must-win game for the Broncos, man. I really think so. Yeah, I mean, and another thing too, uh, I mean, Jerry Judy, I mean, Jay, like, mm-hmm. is Judy going to be able to play? Like, I, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of listed day to day with the shoulder sprain, but like, if Judy's not a go, and then Patrick Sertan the second, I mean, he's probably one of the best corners mm-hmm. in the league, and this is and this is the second year. If he's not able to go, I mean, dude, good luck with yeah. Debo and Ayuk and, and, and is, George uh, Kittle. Is George Kittle playing this week, or what's the deal with him? It sounds like he was close to playing last week, but mm-hmm. they were erring on the side of caution. So if I'm a betting man, which I am, I would put a, you know probably minus 125 odds for George Kittle to be playing 
on uh, on Sunday, which is is a good thing. Well, now obviously, let me ask you a quick fancy question because I got Je- I got Kittle on the bench here. Should I be stacking Travis Kelsey the tight end and Kittle at the flex position just because I think him and Garoppolo have such a good wavelength? Mm-hmm. Like those two are like best buds. Those things are those guys are like they wear each other's shirts. They wear each, they wear each other's faces on shirts. So. I think it's one of those things where I'm wondering if I should lean towards starting both tight ends. I mean, that's the way I would go. I mean, right now, me me personally, I have Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller, and you know, Pitts is in my flex and Waller's in my tight end spot. Like, is it PPR or non PPR? Non PPR. I mean, regardless, he's got that you know he's got that relationship with Jimmy G. This this team now seems to have a little bit pep in its step and that's no disrespect to Trey Lance it's just he hasn't had enough exposure in this 49er offense compared to what Jimmy G's had I, I would put Kittle in there okay yeah I can't lose this week in fantasy like if I lose to the little sister who's never played fantasy before I might as well just take the advice that I said earlier on and just Broncos country let's die <laughs> <laughs> so uh, recap are we both on the 49ers this week yeah, no, I'm on the Broncos. So I think it's a little bit of a must win for those guys. Yeah, okay. I, I think they they've got so many questions and rumors and swirls and like you know we talked we even hit this on the on the whole Patriots thing, but the whole buy in thing is, is important, right? Especially with a new head coach who seems to be questioning himself in the media. Which why are you doing that? Like I don't know why Hackett keep keeps going up to the podium and and questions himself. It's one thing to take ownership of your mistakes, but you're coming off as a little bit of a nincompoop with how how unconfident you are in yourself. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. But I'm interested to watch that game as well, see who, who comes out on top. So uh, that does it for the game previews. We're about 50-minute mark right now. You want to do a quick uh, betting segment before we wrap it up? Yeah, so a quick betting segment, which, by the way, in my wedding vows, I put nice. uh, the first yes. sentence was, um, I love you more than the over-under in the Washington Commanders-Detroit Lions game. And uh, I love the over in that game and the over-hit. So nice. that was a, a good omen be. for the marriage. Uh, but my best bets this week, uh, we're going to start off with the Houston Texans versus the Chicago Bears in, you know, in Chicago at Soldier Field. I'm going to take the Texans getting three points against Chicago. I'm sorry. After that performance on Sunday Night Football against the Packers, the, the Bears should not be laying any points. They, they should not be laying any points. Eberflus is a moron. Um, so I'm taking Houston to cover the three. They've been competitive in the last two games. I like them in the spot. Uh, the 49ers, I'm not taking them on the spread. I'm just taking them on the money line here. The odds for the money line right now are minus 120 on DraftKings. Uh, another one, going back to the well, I'm taking the over uh, 53 and a half in the Lions-Vikings game. The Lions, they have a good offensive line. They have a decent offense. Amon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be an absolute stud in this league at the wide receiver position. But the Detroit Lions defense is atrocious, and I think the Vikings are going to want to put points on the board after that abysmal showing against the Philadelphia Eagles last night in that Monday Night Football doubleheader. So I'll take the over 53.5 in that game. And then my last one, I got the Dolphins. This was prior to the line move. I got them at plus four and a half. Um, wow. I might double down if this gets close to six or seven. I'm still probably going to go back to the well for the Dolphins and getting them at a better number here. But that is, those, that's my bet there. Probably one of my best bets this weekend is the uh, Dolphins catching four and a half points. Nice, nice. Let me just check out real quick what their line is right now. Up to the minute line. Um, yep, five and a half still. Yep, yep. 
Wow. I feel like that line is going to stay there. I don't think it's going to budge, but if it gets to like six, I'm I'm definitely jumping back into the Dolphins. Why do I got to feel the Colts are going to... I'm going to cover that six and a half with the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs don't cover the spread, Jay. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly why. All right. Call me crazy. I think Miami money line and Colts money line might be an interesting play this week. Just call me crazy. Oh, yeah? Man. Just call me crazy. Just because the world is coming down on Frank Reich and the Colts because they look abysmal. And I know they're not that bad. I mean, I know they're not that bad. So, like... This is a must-win game for them. This is season is over. If you go down 0-3, season is over. Oh, actually, what is it? 0-1-1 or 0-2-1. 0-2-1. Whatever the tie is. Regardless, if you're three weeks in and you don't have a win yet, like, I, I think it's wrap on the season. So, this is a must-win for them. In uh, It's in the Indianapolis as well. Yeah. There is hope. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Shaq Leonard, the player formerly known as, you know, Darius Leonard, uh, is going to potentially play this weekend. So that's going to be a big boost in the defense. And, uh, you know, dude, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is going to have to wear some people down. And I, I th- you're right. They're going to have to win. But Patrick Mahomes has never lost in September inside of a dome, if I saw that stat correctly. But, I mean, Frank Reich's going to have to win. Or drunk Jim, Jim Irsay is going to be coming down from that press box uh, ready to kill somebody. All right, um, well, that about wraps it up. I don't have anything else to get to. Do you want to plug it up and let's get out of here? Let's plug it up. Uh, so this podcast and previous episodes of the podcast can be sound on uh, can be found, I should say, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, it's YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, you can find it. Uh, if you subscribe to us on Apple, be sure to leave a five-star review that helps us out with an algorithm to get – you know, exposure to the masses. I don't know what kind of math they do in Palo Alto, but that's what they do. Five-star review, help us out. Um, and again, YouTube, hit that like, hit the subscribe button on the videos. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship, slicing up the videos for your viewing and listening pleasure here. Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. The DMs are open. Hit us up. We're more than happy to have a conversation about gambling, fantasy, just our take on the you know the slate for this week. If there are some games that we did not hit on, be sure to hit us up. And uh, that's all I got for the plugs, man. All right. Well, listen, another great week, man. Good talking some football with you, brother, man. Enjoy the games. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Via Condios.